What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into the interview today, I'd love for you to check out my band in one of our songs. It's a quick little clip that I'm going to play you of a song called On Your Own. Play it safe, play it safe, well you were never one to play it safe, now it's time to get on your way, there's a song like what you heard, make sure you go check out the full song on Spotify or iTunes or anywhere you listen to music and make sure you give us a follow at run with it band. That's at run with it band, all the places you follow people at. And today we're going to have a extra special interview because with this new season of the podcast, I'm starting a new thing where once a month, I'm going to bring on a member of the band. We're a five piece band going to bring on a member of of the band and get their story and also talk about their experiences in the band, what they're learning and how they're growing and what else they're up to in the music world and in life. And today is our bass player. It's Matt Muckenthaler. And Matt, uh, he joined us about a year and a half ago. And in this conversation, we talked through so many things, his backstory, and then all the things he's learning along the way as we've been playing shows together, rehearsing and writing songs together. It's a great episode. Enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. Now, dude, I'm sure. trying to remember, is is it over two years now when we first sat down? We sat down for coffee mm-hmm. at the top of a year and a half messenger? ago. Is it a year and a half ago? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cause okay. um I think it was uh last year springtime. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe April or so. Yeah. Decent enough weather. Cause we were sitting on the roof. I remember that. That's right. That messenger there. That's right. I can't remember. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I was just there this morning. Yeah. 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 City vibes. I was digging it. And, mm-hmm. uh, so for the listener, I get this, I we're trying to find a bass player about a year and a half ago. And, uh, and our drummer, Daniel, he's like, you gotta, you gotta connect with this guy, Matt. And when your drummer tells you that this bass player to go look at this bass player, you have to listen no matter what, because drummers, the bass player is the most important person to the drummer, right? <laughs> Let all bass player jokes ensue at this point. But, sure, uh, sure, sure. <laughs> but I remember that first meeting was a great meeting. Um, and I thought at that point you needed to be a guest on a podcast in general, just because you've had uh, such a unique life uh, living out of a school bus for like how many years did you live out of three. a school bus? Three years. Three. Yeah. And so three winters, three summers uh-huh. in Missouri mm-hmm. in a school uh-huh. bus uh, by choice. Yeah. Like it wasn't like anyone forced you. You said, this yeah. is what I'm going to <laughs> <No>. do. <laughs> For sure. And I was like, this is fascinating. Uh, playing in other bands as well. Vigil and uh-huh. Thieves 
which again, um, well, last podcast was Ryan Lynch from the champagne, which I think the champagne is an incredible band name visual and thieves honestly is up there in like my top five band names out there. Too bad. You guys didn't work out, but, uh, got Daniel back and apparently you joined the band because of it. (laughs) Well, that's how Daniel and I met each other was because he came in to play drums for the last uh, few months um, of that project. And, you know, we had a really good connection. Um, It, I had never, um, like, I love, I love all of the people that I've played music with. Um, But, you know, Daniel from a technical level, right. Is just at this tier of ability. And I had never uh, played with someone like that, where we are like, we're just jamming along and he's like, cool, cool, cool. Now let's move everything a 16th, you know, <laughs> like just move the entire, like the whole thing. That's damn near just every like conversation I have with Daniel. Yeah. I was like, why don't we put it like on the end uh, and right here, all of it. Let's do it right now. Yeah. All <laughs> of it. Just take the whole chunk as if it was just like in logic or pro tools and just yep. move it and move it. You know? <laughs> uh-huh. Just one 16th to the left, you know? Yeah, so, that guy. Is, yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's uh yeah, it's a special kind of friendship because we um you know, at when Vigilant Thieves kind of broke up, um it kind of ended in in fire, you know? Yeah. Um as sometimes a lot of those things kind of do. And uh yeah, you've seen quite a bit with broke... some crazy tour stories and all sorts of stuff, but so ending in fire. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, and so it kind of uh, killed my music spirit for um, several years. I mean, I, I don't think I picked up an instrument for two or, um, well, I mean, I guess really from the time that ended until um, you and I had coffee, um, I, I really, I didn't touch. I think I maybe picked up a guitar like once or twice right. and um, it kind of broke me. But over those two years or so, Daniel and I continued to have sort of serendipitous moments together um, of the kind that I would, you know, call the, of a spiritual nature. Um, just our kind of our spiritual paths just kind of kept converging in these really serendipitous kinds of ways. And um, he told me uh, a couple of months before you and I got together, he's like, hey, I'm I'm working this angle with run with it. Like you need to come play with run with it. And so, you know, he's talking to you saying, you need to go talk to this Matt guy (laughs) that he did. He did. Yeah, for sure. And he's like on the opposite side of it. Right. He's talking to me. So he's, he was two time in both of us, bro. I see what it is. And it sounds like (laughs) Daniel for like, he'll, he'll have some grandmaster plan. He'll just like throw in a little nugget. Uh Like, Hey, have you thought Uh about this? Go check that out. And then he's like running the other person. Uh And then it all comes together. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we used to joke how he uh-huh. was starting a cult uh, through the band because <laughs> he was able to get like our fan club to do all sorts of crazy stuff. So he's, he was working the other end. I didn't realize that. Uh-huh. I did not realize. No, that. you, we, we hadn't talked about this before. No, I don't think, um, or maybe I forgot. I'm a terrible listener. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, he was working it from both sides. Yeah. I think it was like a six month kind of, seed planting slowly watering um you know i needed time to kind of you know find myself and and find the motivation to get back in there and um but man once i did you know like 
I remember our first show was July 4th and um, a year before that had been kind of a spiritual like moment for me too. It just, there's so many, there's so many things about this, um, what we're doing and the people that are in it that, um, I mean, you know, are just so universally conspiratorial that <laughs> I cannot ignore it. Um, but yeah, man, I remember our first show, it was, uh, what was that? What was that town in Kansas? Where yes, you're Junction from? Junction City, um, Kansas. Yeah, my hometown. Junction City, Junction City. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're like, hey, and your so, first gig is going to be a big festival gig. Um, uh-huh. You ready? Out of town. Let's do it now. Yeah, and we're going to have one rehearsal. One rehearsal. You better <laughs> have your shit together. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so, like, never ever had I ever right played ninety minutes before. Had I played with ears before? Had I learned like all of these tunes before and it's out of, you know, it's out of city. It's with people I've never played with. It's for a 4th of July festival. It's the most money I've ever been paid, you know, for a gig. <laughs> and so I'm really, so I'm really nervous, right? Um, there's this, all of these new experiences for me sort of like culminating in, in one activity and man, within like, five to 10 seconds of downbeat. It was just like riding a bike. And I remember, um, I hope I never forget this, Miguel. Um, but I remember, um, I, what was it? Was it, we were, I think we were doing a, a Thunder, I think is, is the song we were, we were covering. And you come up to me to have guitar sex, right? And <laughs> um, Time just kind of like slowed down. We'll explain that later. Realize we're, we're on stage guitar. <laughs> well, it's just it's like when you see when you see two uh, two players go up to each other and they're just kind of like doing like their, hey their we're rocking out. Playing. It's like to the rest uh-huh, of the world, yeah. this is what it looks like: guitar sex. So, yeah, 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 yeah. But it was a moment for me because um, I realized that there was a lot of space right between the notes, and it slowed down enough that I was like, I don't know this Miguel guy like very well, but I'm gonna reach out and I'm going to strum his guitar and try to mess him up. <laughs> and the look, the smile and look on your face was everything that I needed to know to continue <laughs> to do that. And um, to this day, we find, you know, at least two or three times in a set where we kind of mess with each other. Yeah, our goal is um, you know, to throw each other off at the, it's, we have a different, <laughs> a totally different strategy than most bands. Um, we prepare really, really well and then try to fuck with each other the whole time. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's, uh, we're, we're playing while playing, you know, and yeah. it's just, um, it's so much fun. It's well, so and much I love fun. that moment too. Cause I remember that moment and cause for me, it, it's always hard to choose. What do I love more? writing recording or live um it, it just depends when i'm doing live music i love live music the most when i'm writing recording i love writing recording the most but what i love <laughs> about live music is just having fun on stage like it drives me insane mm-hmm. to go see a band i saw a band a long time ago big band and they're just like standing there like they're bored it's like if mm-hmm. you're bored how how is the audience not bored you know and Right. And that's one thing. What's cool is over the last year, year and a half, us playing, 
uh, one of the most consistent things of feedback I get is it looks like you guys are having so much fun. Like, well, here, like it sounded awesome doing all those things. So it's not like that suffering, uh, but, but right. people are responding to that kind of like joy and camaraderie on stage. Which yeah. So that, I think that's why when you did that, it was like, Oh yeah, I like where this is going. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so much fun. Um, and uh this is this has been one of um uh, if not not to like say that my other projects you know weren't but there's just something about being in this squad um doing the things that we're doing working on the things that we're working on and executing at the level that we're executing on that is just um it's so profound and I love it so much. You know, I, I loved the music and the people um, from my other projects. And but I, I really love what we're doing here, too. And um, I mean, we talk about this one. Um, have you shared on the podcast before when we got stared off the stage in Kentucky? I think in um, I think in. Like, or is this about I, to get not, edited not out in, of the podcast? Not in like specifics, but I think I've kind of nodded at a few of those times or like Tulsa, you know, some of the hard, hard uh -huh. lessons. <laughs> oh, you've, you've told the Tulsa story. Like we've yeah. had some great gigs and boy, we have definitely uh -huh. had some, some rough gigs where we learned a lot of shit. <laughs> from. Yeah. Well, I think you and I were just talking about this last night after rehearsal that um, those bad gigs, because they're always going to happen. Right. right. Like there's always going to be just something that goes wrong or, or just something's going to it's just never always going to be perfect. Right. And the way that we all sort of handled those bad shows, the camaraderie, the way that we all communicated about it, there was, you know, there was no toxic bullshit. It was man, like we all know the score, right? Like that was a pretty bad. Like that situation. sucks. Yeah, that like, that was that, that sucks. Like, <laughs> yeah, like we all knew the score. We didn't have to convince anybody that it was a bad show. Um, but it was the way that we. It was just the way that we handled it, approached it, and you know, um, that was to me a. Um, those are defining moments of me saying like, okay, yeah, like I really do want to stick it out with these guys. Like this, it's, it's great to have a mission statement. Right. And it's good to have all of these, you know, execution things, but if the personalities and the relationships, right. If they can't be healthy, if there's not a foundation there, then like all of that is just, it's just going to eat at you. Right. <clears throat> and you're not going to have um, an enjoyable experience. You're not going to be able to, um, you know, express the, the art and the spirit of what you're trying to do to the highest level. Right. If everybody's not healthy like that. So those are, uh, those are big moments for sure. Yeah. When you hear stories of bands who have like, they're constantly having like meltdowns or you hear like monster bands, yeah. you know, like Pink Floyd where members don't, won't even share the stage with each other, you know, at, the, at some point. You know, they're like, it's just never going right. to happen. Um, that is just so wild to me. And in some ways it it's tough because mm -hmm. in the creative process, it's almost like that, that tension of like, 
opposites and opposite perspectives can create some great art. But yeah, if it's not done in a healthy way, man, it can just tear things apart. Tear, yeah, tear each person apart. So yeah, and I'm yeah, it, it's been cool to hear your feedback that that because that's for me that's something I always wanted to see, but to actually hear someone else articulate it who came in didn't know anything about any of us in and then hear this you know you're actually like seeing it and then obviously contributing to it now as we even add more members and then have peripheral people come in just trying to make sure that all the people that are involved are on that same wavelength or similar you know Um, yeah we don't want to all think the same necessarily but to have the same core values i think is is huge yeah uh Another one of those moments, right, was, um, you know, we're bringing Cody in, right? Mm -hmm. And Cody's going through a lot of learning and growth moments too, right? Like he has, uh, he's played with ears maybe once or twice, but he's certainly not, you know, familiar with it. And he's never learned three hours of tunes before, right? Um, With like one to two rehearsals, like, yeah. It really, I mean, for sure. I mean, but here's three hours uh, of music. It's all tracked out. Uh-huh. You can't get off um, at all. That's right. Ever. Once we and, get play, it's on. Yeah. Yeah. You're locked in and we got two yep. rehearsals. So prepare well. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there was a specific moment um, when we were doing a rehearsal. Um, I don't know if it was before. I forget what gig it was before, but it was before, I think, his first show. And, um, you know, one of your gifts is that you can hear and see sort of the sonic um, presence of where things sort of fit. Like you can sort of see it in that sort of puzzle. Right. Mm-hmm. And you you were giving Cody feedback on how to change the way that he's he's doing it. And I was just sitting there just watching how that feedback was occurring. And I was just like, man, that's like textbook, right? This is, this is an amazing way for people to communicate because um, it's so easy, I think, for people to come at it from an, and or feel insulted, mm-hmm. right? Um, when people right. provide feedback and um, just watching that communication exchange. I just felt um, this is so sustainable. Um, that's cool. It Thank was you, just, man. yeah, it's awesome. Well, and yeah. that's, and it, it helps too. I think each person has to come with that healthy perspective. Like we had talked about where one thing I noticed about Cody is I think we were sitting outside y'all's loft one night, you know, and I'm like, he's confident enough to be humble. Uh, yeah, where he, he just, is. He has such a, it's, he seems to be so comfortable with who he is as an individual that he can be humble mm-hmm. enough to like mm-hmm. ask for guidance yeah. or input and those kind of things. And yeah. That's to me, that's an inspiring thing uh, to see and watch as well, man. That's, that's for sure. And then he's so talented that he can just like snap his <laughs> fingers and translate all of that into the fretboard in the way that he plays. Like oh, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know of many people that have that kind of ear to fretboard transition. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Like I Absolutely can't wait to where I can just 
fully put down my guitar and not even need to play anymore. He doesn't want me to, <laughs> but I want to. I just want to jump around the stage and sing and climb on shit. Yeah. And uh <laughs> but uh Yeah, but now he's writing stuff that you're going to have to play. I know. You're like like for the listener, we're we're like in a huge season of songwriting right now, constant, like every week getting together, 11, 12 hour days, all that kind of stuff of like digging in. Like one, I cannot wait till we figure out what the actual songs are fully and record them and get them out there. It probably won't be till yeah. 2024. So I apologize if you're hoping that sooner than later, but these riffs he's coming up with mm -hmm. right now are it's so good are crazy i'm like where did that come from and i didn't even hear it like mm -hmm. in the song i was like like that one song uh we have a song called ghost that we're working on and in the chorus i think you and i both thought it was going to go real big real rock mm -hmm. and then he comes in with mm -hmm. this like smooth ass like like indie pop mm -hmm. riff and we're like shit that's mm -hmm. where it's going that's that's real uh -huh. nice real nice right there yeah so, well for you like coming into this, like you're, you're kind of sharing some of your observations. What are some of the things that you are, maybe what's one of the biggest things you've learned about yourself along this path so far? That, um, you know, I struggled and do still struggle, um, with some imposter syndrome. And I think, you know, being a, a white boy from Overland Park, Kansas, um, who, you know, disclosure, um, I started playing music to essentially make fun of somebody. That's right. And it, that is not, that's not something that I brag about. Um, right. But it is something that I, I'm honest about. Um, and, but I fell in love with it, you know, very quickly. Um, I also fell in love with annoying my parents with it um, very quickly. <laughs> um, but, um, so I, I kind of have had this, this imposter syndrome of, you know, feeling like, you know, I don't, you know, it's, it's all deserve based or worth based or value based. And um, I think the thing that's sort of settling in for me is, as we continue to go along and continue to refine things is um, music and performing and, and writing um, like I'm not the most technically gifted player in the world, but I do have certain skill sets that are maybe intangible that I do bring to a situation. And I find so much joy. Like I'm, it's not a coincidence that I find so much joy and access to things like flow state and all those things while playing music or performing music you know it's not every time right but it's one of the areas of my life that has the highest frequency of of getting into those kinds of um mental and emotional states and like just coming to grips with that's how i'm built and um you know like for the rest of my life there is gonna be music involved and it's really encouraged me to um take training the technical aspects um far more seriously and um rather than just to you know get by because i'm i'm you know trying to i don't know those are does i hope so that makes sense to uh anybody listening but um, well i think one thing you've said a lot 
you're like, I'm just playing one note at a time or, or something, like <laughs> I, that, you know, cause yeah. Cause you're a bass player. That's what you guys do. Yeah. It's, um, it's a funny joke. Yeah. I, but I do, I think, especially in the writing process, seeing these things that you have to offer, even from like a meta song structure, a meta like idea structure, which sometimes those are harder to put, like, are sometimes those are just intangible, but they seeing that come out in the songwriting, like, what if we did this? What, you know, and being able to almost like sculpt and craft instead of just playing the one note at a time. And, and mm -hmm. to be fair to you in that regard, the way we started is we were already kind of a, a vehicle moving forward and you jumped in and you're like, we're like, Hey, can you play one note at a time right now and <laughs> help us execute? <laughs> but I think it's cool yeah. now that I feel like we got over a hump um, as a band, not just you getting involved, but like as a band, we like, we went to, we focused on getting like our shows down, getting all of the details down to where now we're, I, I don't know. It almost feels like we're on the open road now, instead of like mm -hmm. meandering through the city streets, trying to figure yeah. out where the hell we're going. Uh, we're like going on the open road and we're like, now we're on a journey. Now we're on a yeah. trip. And I feel like from that perspective, that's where even some of your other gifts are starting to pop out of like, Hey, where can this song go? How does this song fit in with us? Like, and who we are, which has helped shape and change all those songs throughout the day, which is pretty cool. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, bass is just the vehicle that I've chosen to participate in, you know, in the industry or, um, in bands, you know, it's not my, it's not the love of itself, right? It's the vehicle that I've chosen to participate in the, you know, human social element, um, in the performance element. I do, I, I like performing, uh, there's it's a lot right of fun. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I, I enjoy the writing process. So, um, yeah, it's just the vehicle that I've chosen, but, um, yeah, man, it's a lot of fun really enjoying what we're doing. Maybe we'll get you another keyboard and then we'll have two keyboarders on stage at one point, just booping, boopins all over the place. Yeah. Uh, the people were like, Oh, I didn't know you played piano. I go, I play this piano, <laughs> <laughs> this note I play, I, I play, I play these chords in this way at this time. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's like, you guys were like, why don't you just play that one song on piano? It's like, why don't I not and <laughs> spare the crowd? I will. Oh, like I said, I'm trying to put down my guitar. Still. I know. I'm, I just want to sing. I just want to sing. Just, we just keep not letting you do it. It's uh, we don't want yeah. you to. I just want to run around and sing, burn some calories. Mm -hmm. You like, do it half the time. That's true. Is That's is this a cake and eat it too situation, Miguel? Yes, I want it all. Okay, okay. <laughs> Back to my god complex. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we got inside jokes going on a podcast. People are like, "What are you talking about?" So um, I don't, I don't even know if it's worth. Uh, people probably think we're idiots, but um, I we were writing a song again for the listener to bring you in on that. We're writing a song, and we realized <laughs> the perspective was like. Basically, the song I lyrically I was writing was the perspective was as if I was God. Um, and and it just became like a it's become like kind of a joke <laughs> of like now, oh, you think you're God now. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see. And so so yeah, now I got my narcissistic tendencies just spewing out through throughout our songwriting. <laughs> but see, now you're aware of them and you can work on them. 
I can grow through it. What, what a gift. And that's why you had us change the tense of the song. And now it's, now I'm not God in that song anymore. And I'm free of it. Yeah. I have found, what a, what a burden has been lifted from you. Yes. I have found healing. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> It'll probably <laughs> never rear its ugly head again. Ever. Probably. I'm sure you're completely removed <laughs> of that character defect. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. So real quick, mm -hmm. let's talk yes, about the bus. Oh, so okay. Lived in a bus for three years, which I've <sighs> always just from the start, like I just imagine down the road as run with it blows up and people are like interviewing all the different members on different podcasts. People are going to want to know about this. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. I want to, I want to be the first one okay. to, to get that story. <laughs> so what, what drove you into the bus story if you want to talk about it mm -hmm. um or what did you learn through living oh. out of a bus because it's so unique yeah. from what most people would do right um so it was um the summer of i guess 2017 or yeah i think it was summer 2017 and we were vigilant thieves we were heading to pittsburgh pennsylvania we were doing uh, we were performing the pride fest out there and we were recording a single on the way and um one of our members they showed me this facebook post of a friend of theirs that just bought a school bus and they're gonna live in it and i go oh my god that is the coolest thing i've ever heard i mean reduce reuse recycle like this and it's 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 unique um you know just it just it triggered me and i became obsessed and I was um, just constantly researching it, but I was also in a period of my life um, where I was not very um, emotionally and, and spiritually, you know, healthy. And I was in a relationship with someone that just wasn't really going anywhere. Um, and I, uh, another thing about me is I only make like life altering decisions, like on my birthday. Um, I, I do I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Um, nothing important. crazy, nothing crazy happened this year. Thank Thank goodness. Um, but, um, we ended that relationship on my birthday. Um, and then I think 30 days later I bought a school bus and it turned out to be the bus that was shown to me in that, uh, in the car that day, because that's pretty the, cool the the owner she needed to sell it she had some um health situations that she needed you know money for and so she's she sold me the bus and um it was it was a really crazy first winter um it did not have running water it did not really have any electricity like it had solar panels on the on the top and there was like a there was technically a kitchen um you know had a toilet had a had a bedroom in the back and in a closet um but like the heat source was this like real thin stainless steel like wood fire stove that um would work as long as i was constantly feeding wood into it but i'd leave you know to go to work for the day and just everything was frozen um the man so the you night, come back to it just being ice cold oh i mean it just was it was terrible. Um, and 
you know, the one of the just to get kind of sad for a second. Um, the night I moved into the bus, um, I was moving out of my apartment and I was moving everything in there. And I had two dogs that uh, I was bringing with me. And some things really got delayed at the apartment. Um, and I ended up not getting back to like three or four a.m. And um, one of my one of my dogs had fallen into a pool. And this is, I think, right after like Thanksgiving. And uh, I remember being really, really torn up because uh, literally day one, one of my animals died. That's and I'm so like, hard. oh, I was real broken up about it. Uh, and I'm just kind of like crying out to the universe, like, what have I done? Like, have I just made the biggest mistake of my entire life? Um, you know, really taking, you know, really feeling ownership of that. Um, in hindsight, there was no way I was going to be able to have both of them. Um, this particular dog was just, he just, it, this lifestyle was not going to serve him well. Yeah. And um, that was a really hard surrender uh, to get to was that it was actually for the best that it did happen. Right. Um, okay. <clears throat> Picking things back up into the cheery mode. Uh, so the first winter was, was really rough. I don't think I slept above like 40 degrees um, most of that winter. And I like I've extreme done that once in a tent for like a weekend. In uh -huh. Ass. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so like every, every winter, every summer kind of went through this like iteration of improvement. Um, you know, a couple of different shower designs later, a lots, lots of going to home Depot or Lowe's to get window air conditioning units. Um, I got a pellet stove heater in there. That was just amazing. Changed the game. It, that was single-handedly the best thousand dollars I ever spent on the thing. Um, I loved it. It was, um, it was, it was a lot of fun. In hindsight, I realized that it was also trying to fill a hole in myself that I couldn't really articulate what that hole was. Um, that's like in some wild shit right there in a sense. Yeah. Um, like the summer before that I had gone out to Oregon trying to hike across the entire state of Oregon along the Pacific crest trail, again, looking for a solution, um, outside of myself that, mm. you know, ultimately, you know, needs to be found in inside of myself, but I, I didn't know any better. Right. And, um, still like processing, right? A divorce. And you guys are learning a lot about me today. Um, but you asked what I learned uh, through the bus. I May mean, I can tell you stories if you want um, some stories, but. Yeah, um, stories are good. So I think, so I'll tell you the Bonnaroo story. So I only took this thing on one trip and one trip only because I learned a lot uh, through this one you trip. You had a so mobile, a literal mobile home. Yes, sir. And yes, he only sir. took it on one trip. Uh-huh. Well, it was such a disaster that I did <laughs> not want to take it on a trip again. Um, so even through like all of this, um, I would do this lifestyle again. I would do it differently with all of these learning lessons of um, just having spent three years in, in this particular vehicle. There's a couple of items on, you know, the checklist of how I would do it again, but so we set out to Bonnaroo and I had just in 
completed the installation of my first like round of showers um, that I tried to get through it. <laughs> like it was technically a shower. Like it was not anything that I wanted to brag about. It did not look good. Like it functioned kind of like you needed to squeegee like the water down the drain when you were done. Um, <laughs> but so we were heading out to Bonnaroo, um, I think four or five of us. And there was um, some social disruption that had occurred, I think maybe the day or two before. Um, and there was, like you know, kind of this crazy or something. No, it from, from the internal sort of friend group that I um, see. Okay. A, a, a couple members of the band, we went and there was just, there was a social situation that had occurred that um, was, it was just kind of, everyone was kind of on edge about it. And we didn't really know all of the details, but like we knew like some ish had gone down. And so that's kind of like energetically what's sort of shrouding the whole thing. Right. Um, so this, this bus, right. I'm, it does not have cruise control. So I'm literally holding the pedal. That's those are our lights that I just kicked. Um, <laughs> thank you. I don't know if you heard that through the audio, but, so I'm like, my foot is literally pressing for 13 hours, almost straight, you know, like every hundred miles I have to pull off and get gas. And I'm just so tired. Oh. If you've, if you've never driven a 35 foot mobile, like tank, then um, you might not be able to relate to this, but like, it's really fatiguing. I do not know how people drive semi trucks for a living. Yeah. Um, because it, it just, it drains my battery so, 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 so fast. And um, so we pull into Bonnaroo at like, I don't know, one o'clock in the morning and something, something snapped inside the engine compartment, like the, the tension, the tension bolt to like hold like your belts in place. And so as I'm like pulling into Sounds Bonnaroo. Sounds pretty important. As I'm pulling into Bonnaroo, like one or one thirty in the morning, my belts are just going, just making that awful screeching noise. And it's a big engine, which means it's a big belt, which means the noise is really, really loud. Right. And it's so, I'm so embarrassed because it's just like, just through the whole campground. <laughs> right. You're like, hi, and, it's us. We're here. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, everybody. I'm, I'm really sorry. I hope you weren't trying to sleep because you are certainly not right now. <laughs> and, um, so we, we finally get everything like set up. And I think the next morning we turn on the water to brew coffee or something. And a line had gotten kinked and I was just spewing water everywhere, oh. which means we lost too much water and I didn't have a backup thing. So the shower that I spent three days like manically trying to put together is rendered useless. Uh, so, so like the one like the one reason that i really wanted to take this thing was so we could have you're showers. really not selling this bus living life here bro you're not you have not sold it well <laughs> this this particular <laughs> bus living situation um so um and then just like on the way back we are driving uh through missouri and i see this storm starting to come in um ahead of us and I only have one windshield wiper currently. 
because uh, the other one like had broken off and I'm like, I don't really, Makes I sense. don't really need, I don't really need that one because I, I don't really look out that side anyway. I just need to look straight ahead and, <laughs> and um, I, my life was out of control. And uh, so the storm is starting to come in and it's, it's getting pretty bad. And I turn the windshield wipers on and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden I see the one remaining windshield wiper just fly off the side and so I'm driving on the highway and it's just piss. It's just pissing rain. Like it's just absolutely just a terrible storm. And I call uh, my buddy, John, and I'm just like driving this sort of like trying not to panic. And I'm like, John, John, I need you. I need you right now. <laughs> and cause there was no way we could pull off there. There was, there wasn't a shoulder oh, and um, I'm like, John, like I literally, I can't see, like, I don't, I need, I need, I'm going to panic. I need some help. Like, what do we do? And somehow we made it another 15, 20, 30 miles, maybe, um, to a local Walmart and was able to get, you know, another windshield wiper. But, um, yeah, from that, from that point, yeah, I was like this, I was traumatized. I will never take this particular bus on another trip. So I would, <laughs> so the things that I learned, this is, this is my new requirement for living in a bus again. Okay. It needs to have cruise control. That sounds important. It, mm -hmm. it needs to have air conditioning while I'm driving. Mm -hmm. That yet again. Uh -huh. um, it needs to have comfortable seating for people while driving did you have like milk crates or something people could sit on no just like this <laughs> this like wooden box of a couch ah. that was just really uncomfortable or my bed but it's in the back and so if you've ever been in the back of the bus right it's extra bouncy right and um it's just a so, lot of learning lessons man so the if we go from a sprinter to a tour bus at some point, because the sprinter is the next stage, hopefully uh -huh. for us, if we ever go to a tour bus, you'll have a lot of insights to, to give us. I mean, purchase. yeah, well, tour, tour buses are literally built with these things in mind. They're not right. some they're for 30, comfort. Yeah. Well, and they've thought these things through, like they come, they come packaged, you know, they're right. not some 30 year old that's just throwing his hands, like shotgunning his approach to life with a two inch drill bit, trying to make things just kind of work and happen. One thing that has always been inspiring to me, even that day when you were first told me about this bus thing is just, is the idea of like the, all that you, you can live without. Right. Mm, yeah. I feel like, you know, my life, you know, with four kids, all, you know, married, all these kind of things. It's like, what, what can we live without? Yeah. We get so attached to so many different things, but in reality, like, I guess to me, it was just, a, it's a compelling idea. I don't want to live in a bus, but, <laughs> but that I, just the idea that like, you can, and yeah. you, you can survive. It's like, like when you get to go camping or do those kind of things, mm -hmm. which, which is funny because our, our family just finally agreed to never go camping again together. <laughs> oh, that's like, kind of sad. Not, it's not our thing. We're, we're, like, That's fine. we're like, we're like, we like roasting marshmallows and drinking margaritas by a fire. We got a fire pit in the backyard. We can just do that. You can do that. Yeah. Um, but it's like on my own, I do enjoy 
like whenever I've gone backpacking where you literally just like are sleeping, mm-hmm. you know, at a base camp mm-hmm. out with no tent and hoping to God bears don't lick your face, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'd be lucky if they only licked your face. Yeah. Right. Actually, that's true. That's true. I mean, that, that would actually be kind of a, like if you knew that they were just going to lick your face, wouldn't you let a bear lick your face? That's a good question. That sounds like a question that we should put out in the story sometime. <laughs> just, I don't know if yeah. I would. That's, I can only imagine it smells terrible. <laughs> it probably doesn't smell good, though. No. I bet it smells terrible. It it's, might. Yeah. It's funny, though, when you, but yeah, I was about to go on a tangent about bears. Uh, <laughs> but it, it is that I think there's a certain level of freedom when you start to see, like, oh, I can survive without yeah. all these things. Like we did, uh, Paul and I did that fly date where we went and played out in Washington State. And, and it's like, I, all these things I'm used to, I'm used to having backup cables and backup this and doing all these things where I'm like, Oh, I can only bring so much shit on mm-hmm. the plane. And we got to maneuver very quickly, you know, with shuttles and all that kind of stuff. And so there was kind of a freedom in like just walking in with a guitar and a small little pedal board and, and literally nothing else. And it's like, if I need anything else, I don't have it. So I better figure it out. <laughs> yeah. There, there was a certain amount of freedom and honestly less anxiety than some of the times where we have a full yeah. trailer and we have all the gear and cause I'm trying to mm-hmm. keep track of all of it. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. I ended up giving or getting a rid of or giving away or whatever, at least two thirds, maybe three quarters of all of my possessions. Um, and even then I sort of felt like I still have too much stuff. Hmm. Um, everything needed to, as much as I could, everything that I owned needed to have a dual purpose. So, or a very special niche, um, thing. And that was kind of the approach that I had learned from, uh, from backpacking is, you know, you really only want to take things on your back that like serve a very specific purpose, you know, like your food suffering for no reason. Uh, Yeah. You're just somewhere along that hike. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why are you, why are you carrying this? If you're only going to maybe even use it once when something else would do the job that, that can be served for something else. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I even like, I still felt like I had too much stuff. Um, I still had a whole bunch of clothes. I still had just a bunch of, just a bunch of stuff. Um, right. but yeah, I don't know. It, it does feel good to get rid of two thirds to three quarters of your possessions. It really does. Yeah. It's so, it's so freeing. Like, ah, it no longer controls me. <laughs> yeah. You just, it's no, it's no longer a problem. It's no right. longer a thing. Like, I don't even think we realize how, much stress um just having stuff puts on us like it's just it's so invisible but it um it does you see it all the time like i've just i've got a uh, a tub full of workout stuff that i i literally <laughs> never pull out right like why do i need it you're like i don't know i just one day I got inspired to work out with that one little thing. Yeah. Um, like this, no. like ab, ab crunch mat. That's like supposed to like deactivate your hip flexors. So you can, you know, whatever, like, 
You're like, just do a fucking plank, man. I I don't need that. I, yeah, I've literally never used it. Right? <laughs> no, I feel you. Well, and it there's maybe just something to be said about simplicity. I know we talk band strategy all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's been freeing about this season too, as I think as a band, we're all at a place um in our individual lives and careers where it's like trying to assess what's the most important things we can be working mm-hmm. on because there are a slew of things we could do. Right. For sure. Uh, and like I've told you guys before, it's like, if you wanted a tour for two months straight, we could just go do it right now. Like, give me a week. I'll go book the tour. We could do it, but we'll probably hate our lives when we come back and we'll probably have played mm-hmm. for about, you know, 200 people total out of all of those. Gigs. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like right. All of the gigs combined and it won't be beneficial of our time and talents and maybe yep. even burn us out to a point where we don't want to continue. That's right. Um, I learned those lessons the hard way because uh-huh. I did all that shit for real. Um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, a lot of us have done that. I mean, I for sure have played <laughs> for the bartender and the sound engineer. Oh yeah. You know, we've all, I think we've all had those gear, uh, those gigs. So, well, and I think that's, it's been freeing for me as we pursue our strategies in more of a calculated, slow, patient way. Now we've also discussed, I've shared it. I think you shared it too. The frustration of patience too, because sometimes Mm. patience sucks, but, but yeah, to me, it feels in a similar way. It's almost like getting rid of all these all the things off my calendar, you know, of like mm-hmm. all these things I could have done, but maybe not bringing me joy, maybe not bringing the goals that I want, you know, long-term that mm-hmm. it'll feel good for the moment, like buying that little workout piece of equipment or whatever feels mm-hmm. good for some fucking reason. Sure. Like the time, like I actually, so funny enough, uh, buying stupid things. Um, Jenny told me she thought uh, paint and nails were kind of sexy and so I was like, oh, our colors are iridescent. So maybe I'll get some iridescent nail polish. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting up in bed, you know, drinking wine, watching TV. And I'm like on Amazon. And next thing you know, the next morning, what I actually ordered were press on like extended nails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just got the I just I absolutely <laughs> pictured you with these long fingernails gripping a microphone like trying yeah. to you know look sexy and serious and like a rock star and you just <laughs> look absolutely ridiculous yes absolutely. you know what you know what we should do um i'm immune to this because um i have to play with my fingers but uh, conceptually you're not immune to this conceptually daniel's not immune to this um we could have a band bet and uh, if someone loses, <laughs> like, like that's the bet, right? Like, if you lose the bet, like, like I imagine, like you and Daniel are in an argument of, or you're debating something, right? And I'm where this is going, and uh, whoever loses, right? Whoever, whoever isn't correct, they have to <laughs> for I don't know a show or two, like wear these ridiculous fingernails, press on nails. Um, Mm-hmm. <laughs> like one that I would like to um, engage with you on is like you have to do a set where you're wearing a Britney Spears headset. Oh my god! Oh, a, I'd, rather, I'd rather wear fucking nails. 
I'd rather wear those iridescent nails that I ordered. <laughs> oh man, you rocking a Britney Spears headset would be so. Daniel just popped in. What's up, G. Cool? He, I, he can't hear me. No, but you can probably. I don't know what he's saying because it's muffled in here. But you guys probably heard what he just said. <laughs> he was probably saying good afternoon. I assume. He probably said good afternoon, sir. Wear Britney Spears headset. No, he's something about a Britney Spears headset. I don't yeah, know what he said. He, he was telling me to wear it. He wants me to wear the headset. Oh, okay. Although, yeah, we all. Uh, you, you monster, you, they do that. And we, I was talking to um, Trent, or is it Trent? Man, I'm blanking on his name right now. We did an interview about a year ago. Um, and he kind of inspired me to do it. It like, and it was kind of interesting the way he talked about it was like, it made it, even though it used to be a pop thing, it was almost more of a punk rock thing now because people make fun of it so much. It's kind of yeah, like it's a counterculture finger to say, uh -huh. I'm going to do this and uh -huh. you're going to yeah. like it. That's and right. I, I was yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know what, when you think of it that way, it's kind of cool. But yeah. So Neil say, I will not be wearing iridescent press on nails. So, and then Jenny said, yes, she's like, I was talking about like maybe black or something. Not mm. like all that. Anyways, um, last two questions. Cause I know okay. uh, we're wrapping up here off the podcast. Uh, two questions coming from live and create. So right now, first of the last two right now, how would you define living a great life? Ooh, let me think about this for just one second. Um, I think it's, you know, when things align with yourself, right? They are, um, here's Daniel. Say hi, Daniel. Uh, no. <laughs> um, you know, deep down when things align with you um, and you know, when things that are difficult are difficult for you for a reason. And to me, what, where I've sort of been focusing on, like, or what I've, what's become true for me over these last um, nine months of this year is when you find those opportunities for that alignment and when you can get through the other side of something difficult, um, the, what's, what's in store for you, like you have, you have no idea. And just doing those kinds of things is, is, is what you're built for, right? It's what we're all built for. And they're all different for each of us, but. Um, after you finish. Oh. After you finish telling him. Uh, <laughs> after you finish talking to him. Okay. Well, we're on, we're being recorded on the podcast. I hope this is going into podcast. <laughs> it's going to, th this, you were like, yeah, you're, it's totally <laughs> he was trying podcast. to. Yeah, you're, interview, you're interrupting an incredible moment. <laughs> I mean, he, he can't, can't even, hear you. He can't he, hear me he, at all. No, he can't. So hear he you. can't defend no. himself. That's not fair. No, not... no, 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 no. He didn't know that we were on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, he had no idea. He was trying to get me to read something on his phone, and I'm like, I, I can't. I don't know. <laughs> read it for the whole world to, to hear. It was probably very inappropriate. <laughs> um, but yeah, living a good life, man, it's, it's, it's doing those things that align with you and doing the things that, you know, are going to be difficult. Um, but you got to do it anyway. Right. And, um, that's what it is. I don't know. Cause everything else is like not within your control. You have no idea. And so just let go, have some fun. Um, 
do the things that are hard, do hard things. Do hard things. Love it. Well, last question. Uh Uh, Right now, how would you define creating great things? How would I define creating great things? Hmm. Maybe I should have taken a look at the prompts beforehand. Um, how would I Somebody define creating didn't good? do his homework. Well, yeah, I, I did not. And then I'm like, oh, but I'm just going to go into a blind and I'll just, you know, improv and uh, look at how smart I am. Um, how, would I def- how would I define creating greatness? Creating great how things? Would you d- creating great things, yeah. It definitely has this aspect of um, pushing yourself and, and ex- getting outside of your comfort zone, right? Um, like I think Run With It is doing that right now. So the previous iterations of Run With It have been, the writing process has been more enclosed. It's been limited participants, right? Um, and there's sort of a difficulty of getting used to that new um, process and procedure, right? Of all of those different shades of, of colors coming in and, and creating something new. So, um, you know, that's the same thing sort of internally, right? If you're, if you're creating something and you've kind of hit this wall, like if you don't find a wall, then you're not pushing you're, you're not, you're not pushing that creative soul, um, harder than, than maybe what's required. Right. Because I think that, um, that's the, that's the whole point. If you're not hitting a wall, then you're not, you're not exercising the, the fullest of your potential. And so I think when you, when you, but when you get through that wall, that's where the great things come. Mm-hmm. Right. That's funny you say that because literally this morning I was driving to the gym and I was thinking about that, about how I personally feel like I keep hitting walls over and over again recently. But it was weird as I didn't feel sad about it because I did feel like Mm. all those walls have forced me to learn something new to Mm -hmm. like get past it. And I'm like, Scott, it feels like this is actually a good thing, you know, Mm because, yeah, if you're not pushing up against something you don't know or or something you can't fully see or articulate or grasp, you're just swimming in the same waters. Like that's, that's it. I'm mixing up metaphors now, but it's like, (laughs) you're, you're, you're not, you're not the sharpest crayon in the shed, are you? Exactly. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's hard. It's hard because I don't know if you're like me, but if, it's not always easy to motivate yourself to get to a point where you're hitting a wall in the first place. And then this like, which is its own sort of challenge. And then the other challenge is um, figuring out what it takes to break through that wall or get around it over it, whatever, like whatever you want to do. But um, you know, sometimes it's self-discipline. Sometimes it's space, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's any other musicians or artists that can relate to this, but um, in times of my life where I've taken long breaks from music, um, in some ways, I come back from those breaks a better musician because um, I've 
provided myself a, a certain kind of space mm -hmm. to change my approach, change my point of view. Um, they, they don't always need to be like three years because like your heart's <laughs> broken over the, you know, ending right. of, you know, like I'm not saying um, do three years every time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying go through, you know, such emotional turmoil, but, um, you know, just stopping for a second and, and providing stillness, um, discipline or, or trying new techniques. Like we joke about it in run with it, but I, I think. I think there's something legitimately um, possible out of people playing each other's instruments yeah, and uh, just seeing what happens, like setting up, you know, like a pentatonic scale to Daniel's MIDI drum kit and just seeing what happens. Right? Well, it's like the, um, there, I can't, I wish I could remember. I wish I would have uh, kept the history of this, but one of the song ideas that we have in the, in the pool right now, was a guitar riff I put into MIDI and then we dropped it into a drum machine and Daniel and I built a drum beat out of the guitar riff MIDI information. And so mm. it was like this complete different. Now we're talking like inside baseball for, so is this, if, is if this in our drop lost, I, do, um, I, well, it's gotta be, it's one of those ideas. I just cannot remember which one, which one? we did that in. Mm. Um, but I think it gets back to that whole, well, well like even Buddhism, the principle like the first mind the beginner's mind of like approaching something from the, like trying to see things in a fresh like mm -hmm. mind every time yeah. where i've actually noticed some of the songs that seem to have connected thus far that we've released some of them i've written on like i need a light i actually started on piano and piano is not my main instrument in fact mm -hmm. i think they they passed me in the piano class in my college courses just to get me the hell out uh, they're like just this guy has no reason to be here you're done fine you're quote unquote piano proficient <laughs> but it was like but i was forced to just i was forced to simplicity mm, in that. Mm -hmm. and i think maybe that's why some of those songs have connected more where like guitar mm -hmm. i get lost in the riff and this and that and like the mm -hmm. things that i feel like are cool that i know mm -hmm. what i can do but yeah that beginner's mind approach is huge man well dude i'm excited about what we're doing and this is uh this is gonna be fun having you as in the intro i shared with everybody about how you know we're gonna be doing this one member of the band each month you know so in mm. another like three or four months you'll be back on uh seeing the progress and uh it's gonna be a fun journey so cool thanks man yeah thanks for having me on well, let people know if, do you want people contacting you or following you? I mean, you can, I guess. All right, I well, let them know how to follow you. <laughs> let them know how to follow you. Uh, I, you can find me, Matthew Muckenthaler, on Instagram and Facebook. It's not hard. It's not hard. Sorry, I really, I, I'm not much of a uh, social media person. It's good that you don't have me. It's like, that's not my responsibility in the band at all. And <laughs> it that's, <is> it is not. <laughs> Oh, you do our Facebook events, though. I yes, but they're not public. Like I'm not personally facing the public in that situation. No, I got you. I got you. You're holding it down, like you do in the bass. just. Yeah, I'm just I'm the bass player behind the scenes. Just let me groove. Let me do my thing. Like I'm gonna go make faces at Daniel, and I'm gonna cover up your microphone, like so you can't <laughs> sing into it. Um, that's what I want to do. Yeah, stuff like that. 
<laughs> yeah, just uh, just throwing them out there as just you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thanks. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.